This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. I don't know if we're on the air or not. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. I'm being told we are. 1101, Domino, Chilini, The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Appreciate you listening to us. Hello? It's on, Chris. Okay. It's on. Here on a Thursday morning into the afternoon. You started it. You're right. And now I'm finishing it. Test, Charlie Culberson, test, test, as one. we test everything, will be in studio. So hopefully everything will be straightened out by the time Charlie Culberson, who's pitcher. trying to make the Braves as a pitcher, pitcher as Domino said, will join us in studio around 1120. We thank you for taking the time to uh, listen. You can listen to Charlie Culberson and everything else here on the fan. Absolutely free, courtesy of the fan app. And that is driven to you by Beaver Toyota of Coming and Beaver Direct, the quickest and easiest way to shop for a car online. You can also listen at 680thefan.com. Follow along at the X platform, if you will, at Road Dog 680 at Matt Lear, at Chris Domino, at Cellini Nick. And you can also uh, follow along on Facebook and Instagram as well. Yesterday we had the poll. Who do you think is going to be the Falcons' starting quarterback in 24? The polls have closed, and the result is draft pick at 38%. So this is all precincts reporting. Yes. Down the hall. I don't want to do down the hall, but I just want to know, how do you feel about this? Do you think this was a fair and square election? It seems one like one person, one vote. Based on what the people have said, any dead people vote. Do we have any controversy? No. Okay. Uh, draft pick is number one at thirty-eight percent. But when you talk about pulling in a couple of veteran quarterbacks, yes, sir, they would rather have cured meat as opposed to Justin Fields or Russell Wilson because cured meat, salami specifically, came in second at twenty-seven percent. Mm. Justin Fields at twenty-one percent. Russell Wilson at fourteen percent. So that. According to this vote, tells you how the Falcon fan base feels. So here's what the uh, sands of time will do. Here's how time marches on and things change. We know that Bill Belichick's not working. Pete Carroll's not working. Mike Vrabel is not working as an NFL head coach to start the 2024 season. Okay, so things move on. Pete Carroll, five years ago, I want him. Mike Vrabel, I thought this year somebody's going to want him. Luke Fickle, who's the head coach at Wisconsin, says they were best buddies going back to their days at Ohio State. He wants Mike Vrabel just hanging out around the Wisconsin program as much as possible. Well, you know, they might have an NIL for that. It's the hangaround guy. Former NFL player, hangaround guy, NIL. But the point is, here's how times change, and this is what happens. Russell Wilson went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. So what, five years ago? If I would have said to you four years ago, five years ago for sure, Hey, man, Russell Wilson, how old is he? He's not even in his mid-30s yet. Okay. Now I don't know who wants him. 14, 14% of the people here want him. but, he, but he, he should have two Super Bowl rings. He should. They did the right thing down at the goal line. I went over that play a couple of times, and I finally watched Pete Carroll kind of talk about it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's one of the great plays in Super Bowl history because you still have to make the play. Malcolm Butler made as good a play. play. It's like a Sneed knocking the ball loose in the AFC Championship game. Great play. The Mike Jones tackle of Kevin Dyson. I watched that this morning. The Tennessee uh, Rams. That was here, and I spoke to both of those guys when I was working in St. Louis. I had them both on and, you know, sort of talked about. Let's talk about that play. Dyson said out of the corner of his eye, all he saw was path, end zone path. 
he couldn't believe Mike Jones. So one of his teammates was talking about Mike Jones studying, 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 and he doesn't think it was a fluke that he made that play. And, and by the way, it's as good a solo tackle as you're going to see in football. That was a heck of a play. So when do you do it? End of a game? How big a moment is it? We're finally going to play a play that I think is the, I think it's the least talked about great play in Super Bowl history. Now, a lot of people around these parts aren't going to be happy when they hear it, but we are going to play it today because we're going to look forward. I'm going to say something I can't believe I'm going to say. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching on Sunday a whole bunch of hours of Super Bowl coverage. I think the Andy Reid story is interesting. I think Purdy. Now, do I want Tom Rinaldi? You know, do I want... There's got to be a tear-jerking piece, yeah, oh right? Oh, God, yes. That's Tom Rinaldi's specialty. Yeah, I don't even... He's not even on this. Is he on this network? He's not on this network. No, he's not on... I don't even know what network he's on. It doesn't matter. But there's going to be like seven hours. I feel I'm going to watch more than I think I've watched in years past. I like the matchup. I like the storylines. This sort of feels big as Kansas City's trying to get their third. And then Kyle Shanahan yeah. trying to get the monkey off his back. I mean, back. do you agree this one feels like for yeah. not being... You might have a rooting interest because you might be rooting against Kyle Shanahan. You might root for Andy Reid, whatever it is. Might root for Brock, Brock Purdy. But I do feel like for two teams that I didn't have an emotional investment in, I'm really looking forward to watching pregame and the game. And if you're thinking about where to watch the Super Bowl, think about $3 Cafe. The Super Bowl watch party is going on at $3 Cafe. You're talking about 30 drafts, 30 TVs, drafts as in beers, pitcher and wing specials. The sound's going to be up for the game. And for those watching at home, uh, you got Uber Eats and DoorDash. The pre-order is best before Sunday for Sunday pickup, and they uh, supplied a lot of food out there for us. How do I know it was a lot of food? Because they dropped it off about an hour ago, and there's still a lot of food out there. So that means everybody came from the other side of the building, migrated over, inhaled everything, and there's still a lot of food. So they can do the same for your Super Bowl party at $3 Cafe. There was a moment when I looked at the uh, tray of wings, and I started to see people coming over, and it was like attack mode. It was like the wings were gazelles. I don't know which one I'm going to get. I don't know which pan I'm going to attack. But somebody's going to die. There was a sales guy back there. I'm not going to mention any names. He's not a big fella, mm-hmm. but he ate more than anybody his size I've ever seen in about a 20-minute span did as I also, walked in. Did you also see what he did? He circled, because the food's on a couple of tables. He circled the tables, like I said, like it was a jungle. I've never seen and, anything like it. And he was trying to figure out, you know, who, who was the weakest gazelle. I'm taking something down. He did what Adam Gillespie used to do. Adam doesn't do that anymore. I don't know if he's self-conscious about it. He's trying to cut back. Well, I'm going to Maggiano's. But this kid attacked attacked back there. Do you so know you can attack $3 Cafe for your Super Bowl party as well. My guess is by 12.15 seconds will begin, and then they'll be sort of... It's going to look like carcasses. That, I think that's my point. At some point, if you see any of these jungly films, these, uh, oh, look what happens in the, in the wildlife, I think they're going to be bones laid out like carcasses. There's going to be a wildebeest on the floor. Also, before we talk about Kirk Herbstreet being a villain now in the state of Georgia, specifically what do, Athens. What do we say about that uh, that four-letter network, those mm-hmm. college football guys? they got a lot of power. You said it to Reese Davis. they got a lot of power. And he was on with us prior to the SEC championship game. Triple A Gwinnett is launching a virtual search for national anthem performers. Info at GoStripers.com is where you need to go. Do I need to throw my hat into the ring? If this is my bucket list deal. I need to face my fears. Sure. Here's the thing, though. I don't think I'm afraid do to do it, but I want to do it. But I'm afraid to do it. Right. But I want to do it. But I'm afraid to do it. I'll Sing t- the national anthem. I'll tell you to do it, and I could actually make phone calls. But I don't think you'll show, or I don't think you'll do it. You'll have something. Oh, Nico's. No, got no. A, once I'm committed, Nico's got a game. Once I'm committed, I'm committed. Uh, I have I to do it. I don't know. I can make. It has a to phone be 90 call. seconds or shorter. I can make a phone call like that for you. 
And where is this now? At Gwinnett? Yes, you would do it at Gwinnett. <laughs> I probably would have to go next door to that $3 cafe. You know, a couple have, of shots. Have a couple have of quick shots. Yeah. Have a flask. Like in the Godfather cool. ride, you've had your drink. Yeah, that's cool. I, I even think it's I think it's okay your age. You can probably pull out a flask right before you get started. Take Excuse me for one moment. Yeah. <laughs> Take a quick one hit. Pop. Now, hit sure. my music. Sure, do it. All right. Anyway, just we'll talk more about that as uh, the time. Would is, you do but... acapella or do you? No, do... I would do it acapella. You have to. Yeah. No, I want somebody out there playing a violin with me. No, but what's the background? Like, do you not want background or you just want to do it acapella? I just do it by myself. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. Snare drum, all. maybe? No, just me. Just me. All right. Listen, I wish you luck. Thank you. I'm going to need it. Anyway, Kirk Herbstreet needs some luck right now when it comes to his reputation. Ooh. So Dominic Rayola is the father of the quarterback, Dylan Rayola. Yes. And Dominic Rayola talked to rivals, and he said that Kirk Herbstreet talked to the Rayola family and convinced Dylan Rayola to leave, to transfer, to decommit, whatever you want to call it. Let me set this up. From Georgia and go to Nebraska. Let me set this up. So this is a video call. So we have the audio. I want to play the audio in a second. So the guy's on video. And it's almost like the, oh, yeah, one more thing. You know, I want to thank one other person. And because I read the headline, I knew who it was, but I said, I don't think he's going to say what I think he's going to say. Then he said exactly what I thought he was going to say. Uh-oh. We'll say, bring up one guy's name. His name's Kirk Herbstreet. He saw the smoke about Dylan entertaining Nebraska. He was like, called me. He said, dude, is this true? He got to do it. If you're Kirk Herbstreet, I know yeah. that you're mad at the situation, but you got to be mad at Dominic Rayola more so than anybody else. That's a private conversation. Yes. Why are you telling people that? I don't know. This guy would not be a good uh, getaway car driver or the guy in the passenger seat. What did you see? I'll tell you everything. That's not a guy to have in your gang and Kirk, uh, when you're going to go commit a felony. And Kirk Herbstreet, I don't know if he did Dominic Rayola, Dylan Rayola, the Rayola family a favor or not, but I'll say this. I believe he did Kirby Smart a huge favor. Yeah. Because Kirby Smart can now wash his hands of this family. Because this is a problem. They can't keep their mouth shut. They always have their hands out. Better he plays at Nebraska. I agree. And and look, if you're asking me to see at Nebraska in three years, I'm going to bet no. And I'm going to bet the other aggravation might have been we're not, where we're not happy here. Now, I don't know if Herb Street answers to this. I don't know if he's if he's going to have a microphone under his nose at Super Bowl, not college well, he's football, anything. blasted on social media right now. Well, this blasted. Goes, this goes back to are you sticking your nose into stuff you shouldn't? Now, I'll just say this. He abstains on that last pick of the day, the Lee Corso moment, because he's calling that game. Usually it's the game we're calling, so therefore I don't... Oh, that's kind of interesting. He doesn't want to do that. That kind of makes sense. He doesn't want to pick a winner before he calls the game. This, though, flies in the face of everything that you're trying to be when you say, I'm just trying to shoot it straight, man. Like, I have no skin in this game. So this is wrong across the board. Should Herbstreet have done this? You could say no. You could make a case for that. Why did he pick Nebraska, though? Like, what is Herbstreet's thing with Nebraska? Like, you, I, I guess you he believes. Kids... No, no, no. What it is is they've been bad for so long. He's got to go do this. His last name, your ties right. to this, he can bring him back to glory. And maybe he believes in Matt Rule. He thinks Matt Rule is a very good coach and can turn things around. But is it the place of Kirk Herbstreet to do that? It's certainly not the place of Dominic Riola to tell everybody what a private conversation was. You know, no, there's one other guy I want to talk about here for a second. Fill in a name. We killed a vagrant once. <laughs> Again, that is not for public consumption. 
in any way, shape, or form. In the meantime, we'll talk more about Nick Saban doing what everybody thought he was going to do. He's going to be a part of college game day as well. I've got a really good conspiracy theory when it comes to that. Because every once in a while, what is it I say? Just connect it to the money for me. Just connect it to the money. I have. I think I have a chance to connect some dots that will lead me to the big, big bag of cash that's got the dollar sign. And then we'll do that a little bit later. We'll go on campus uh, around 1 o'clock. But in the meantime, let's hit the bongos. we got a guest waiting in the green room. Is he here? I believe he's here, yeah. Did you see his handsome face in the window? How can you miss it? Yeah. A missing piece for the Hawks as Wait, the trade who's deadline. who's the new handsome sales guy? It's, it's a pitcher in the Braves organization. The trade deadline is today at 3. What oh, is oh. going to become of a couple of the Hawks? We'll talk about that around noon. Can A.J. smith Shaver pitch his way onto the Braves roster? He talks about that and more with Chris Domino at 1. And can this locker room leader be coming back to the Falcons? Some NFL talk comes your way around 12-20. Like we said, he's reinventing himself at the age of 35. Charlie Culberson of the Braves talks about the how and why in studio next. You're on your home of the Braves. It's Domino and Cellini. It's the fan. 680 and 93.7 FM. Awesome. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, sandwich lovers. Today's your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open. Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner. Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. You're on a Thursday morning into the afternoon. It's our next platform question of the day. Today is National Kite Flying Day. So, what's your favorite song about flying, Domino? That is our next platform question. So this isn't exactly about flying, but I think it was Charlie's walk-up song. That's fair enough. Charlie kind of did one of these. He looked around. He, I think it hit him. I noticed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, y'all, y'all are, y'all are slick. Yeah, it's not. We are on top of things like nobody else. Charlie Very Culberson smart. is here in the studio. How many, how many different walk-up songs do you think you had in your career? I'm not sure, but change? I think I only had one with the Braves. Okay. And you're proud of that? Dare. Yeah. Hey, these awesome. guys, so, yeah, yeah, these guys sort so. of just play what's hot, and then you just you found something and stuck with it. I stuck with it right. here in Atlanta. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. You're trying something new now, though, for those that don't know. The last time you pitched a lot was when you were a, what, senior at Calhoun High, like 17 years ago? That's right. Yeah, here we are doing it again. And, and so now, better. yes, uh, here you are. What what led to, first of all, this decision? I know that you did it here and there in the major leagues, but what made you want to try this as a full-time position? Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Like, everybody's career changes, and I didn't really have that super luxury of finishing out as the utility player that I kind of was at the big league level, and teams just kind of go on. They move on, unless you're... Unless you're the superstar that's playing every day, like they're going to find new guys to fill that spot. And I think I told somebody the other day, like I feel like I'm capable of continuing to be that you know solid utility player here 
Um, but again, teams just move on. They they change their mind, and I had to adjust. Yeah, we'll talk about the adjustments and really what your plan is. But there is this thing, the 34-year-old sort of utility guy, they almost will say, give me the 22-year-old guy, because the clock thing isn't really what it used to be, keeping guys down in the minors. And they say for a, for a little bit less money and for a guy that might be a little bit more upside, we're going to bring this guy up and you sort of become dinosaurish to be the guy who might be the 34, 35-year-old utility guy on the team these days. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But there's also a, a part, too, that's like there's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played a ton at the major league level. I'm not getting 700 plate appearances. Like, I'm going through all the workouts, preparing, but obviously not seeing the field a ton. So there's something to that that's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's 34 years old. Or you could bring up a 22-year-old, but they might get more production. Who knows? You just never know. There's Everybody's a different player. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to be on great teams. When Alex traded for me in that big money swap trade and came into 18, and, you know, I'll say it like I was a I was a part of that winning team to get the Braves back on track. I I feel like I did my part, and now since then the Braves obviously have a lot a ton of they have a ton of great players, superstar players that you know are pulling the load. But you know you have to have everybody to kind of help tug at one end of the rope, right? I don't um, think any teams won without a guy. Nick and I have talked about this. I don't think you win without a guy who is never going to be the best player, not going to be the second best player. But there's a guy in the room that you go, oh, that guy gets what we're trying to do here, and he's going to help us because he understands what we're trying to do here. Yeah, you need a few of those players. You obviously need your your all-stars. You, it's great to have Ronald Acuna, Austin Riley, Matt Olson. Like, you, you keep going down the list. Like, for Braves fans, like, you have to be excited for the future and for right now. Like, it's really fun to watch them, but you need a whole team. You need more than 26 guys. It's just how it is. Guys get hurt, and other guys have to fill in. I was very fortunate to be one of those guys to have filled in to help out this team get back on track. Um, I'm not saying I was the only one that have, that did my part, but I take a lot of pride in being that utility player that filled in for Ronald when he got hurt in 18 and filled in for Ozzy and Dansby. And, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy, but I'll have to give myself some props for doing those things too, for being called upon. I mean, I'm, I wasn't an all-star. I wasn't ever the best player, but I feel like the time that I had in Atlanta and my role wasn't too bad. Did but, you sense it just fit, though, because the fans, everybody seems to still embrace you in the city of Atlanta. To a certain extent, I understand being a hometown person, that helps, but the fit just seemed right. Yeah, I mean, I think it worked out. Um, it worked out. Uh, I try my best to always be available to fans. Um, I'm still you know, a professional baseball player that goes out and, and gets my work in. But I always try my best to take the time out to be willing to talk to fans, to kids, to help out, to give them advice, to show them that, like, you can do both. It's not like a one-sided thing where you are just a baseball player and you're put up on a pedestal and people look at you and you're not human. Like, come on. We're just blessed with the ability to play a game and get extra chances. So let's go back to the pitching in high school. Could Do you believe, looking back, you could have been a guy who – Minor league pitcher with a chance to make it up to the bigs? Yes. You do? Yeah. Okay. So what was the swing? How did you become the everyday player? Like, what was the moment that somebody said, okay, but you're not a pitcher now. Now you're a guy who's going to try to earn a spot being an everyday player. Like, what was the what was the tran- transition? 
There was one specific day. It was my birthday and and uh, my senior year in high school. And I remember I was four for four that day with two home runs, and I got up to ninety six on the mound. So I pitched, had a great day at the plate, and one team was like, uh, they emailed me. They're like, hey, you know, we like the way um, that you play, this and that. We'd love to invite you to our pre draft as a pitcher. And I remember emailing them back and saying. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But what about as a shortstop? And they're like, oh, we view you as a better pitcher. And I'm like, no, you know, I believe I can do it as an infielder, as a position player. And I was able to, maybe not to the extent of some of these great careers. But again, I'll go back to it. Like I had a goal in mind and I made it to the big leagues as a position player and was able to scratch out almost eight full seasons that way. But I knew that I could pitch too. And I, I feel like my arm's fresh. I don't have many innings of on. Yeah, work right? that to your advantage. Charlie Culberson yeah. here in studio with us. So what's that initial conversation with Alex Anthopoulos like when you tell him you want to be a pitcher? Well, the second time they took me off the roster because, you know, I can't just be optioned back down to the minor leagues. It's either you're on the active roster or you're not. And I remember talking to my wife, Sarah, and then I called Alex and I said, hey, I, I kind of see where this is trending for me. What if I try to pitch? And, you know, he's seen me pitch before, and Alex is like, yeah, I think it's great. Why not? And, you know, for them, it, it's not much for the Braves. Sure, go to AAA and sure. go on the development list for however long. You only have two months less left of the season. So I built up for six weeks just working at pitching and getting my arm in shape. And then it's up to me, right, to go down there and throw and see what I got. So and what's I, it like, though, to watch a game or sit in? Because bullpen guys were a little bit strange. That group is yeah. a little bit different than everybody else. Now you're in that group. What's it like to actually go watch a game from down in the bullpen? Yeah, you have some guys that are they're locked in on every pitch. They have, they have the routine. Then some guys just try not to think about the game as much. You're, I mean, for the most part, you're in the outfield behind the fence. You're away from the game. Sometimes you can't even see the scoreboard in AAA, AAA parks. So you really don't know what's going on. It's like it's really hard to really focus and pay attention to, like, every pitch and the, the inning and the – the score and all that and what guys are doing. Um, I think it's just like a position player that's coming off the bench. You just find a routine that, that fits you and helps you stay locked in. Now, the weird part was you take the mound last September and what you give up two earned runs in almost three innings. Mm. And as a pitcher over seven and a third, you didn't give up that many runs, but all things considered, it was a success as you came off the mound that day, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I started two innings, got through both innings, came in with one out in my last appearance um, to finish an inning, and I finished the inning. You know, I gave up a couple long flyouts, and then I, I gave up singles. I had strikeouts. I got swing and miss. I walked the very first batter I faced on a 3-2 pulled fastball. So I feel like I was able to go through a lot of scenarios in just three appearances, whether it was – my first outing was mo- mostly fastball cutters, some sliders. The next one was mainly sliders. The last outing was a lot of cutters. So, like, I was able to do a lot of things, face a lot of lefties. So what's the plan when you get on the mound this early into this? I know you pitched, and I know you watched these games because as a utility guy, yeah, you have to be aware because that's how you're going to be on a team the following year. You have to be a guy who understands the game. You have to have probably a pretty good baseball IQ. Is the plan, like, what's the scouting report situation for you? Now you're reading the other end of a scouting report. So what's that like for you? Well, I know how hard it is as a hitter to hit. And you think you have an advantage kind of as a pitcher, do you not? Sure. Okay. I do. So explain that. Why do you think you have an advantage now? 
Well, as a hitter, you know, especially at the major league level, you have all these scouting reports. You go over everybody at the beginning of the series, and then the next days you go over the starter. And so you understand that what those pitchers do really well, and you try to eliminate a certain pitch, whether it's your nastiest pitch, whatever it may be, you eliminate. But I understand as a hitter, like, how tough it is to even hit pitches that aren't perfect pitches from a pitcher. Like, pitchers miss all the time. Some miss more than others. And you just have to, as a hitter, you eliminate pitches. And I understand that guys that have really good spin, you have to swing above the ball. Like, you're swinging one or two balls above it, which is kind of crazy to think about. Or if it's a high-spin breaking ball, you're thinking about swinging underneath the baseball to hit it. And so understanding that gyro sliders are, are tough to hit and hard sweepers and, you know, those those late-life fastballs that are high-spin, high-vert at the top of the zone are tough to hit. And so as a hitter, I've had the advantage of being able to try to hit those pitches, um, and, and I know which ones are tougher than others. So I just... And you got to stay away from the middle of the plate. I mean, when push comes to shove, isn't it? I don't want to make the game too simple because it's not. But you probably know, oh, I, it, when it leaves your hand, yeah. do you sort of know, oh, that, this might not turn out well? Like, yeah, are I you mean, aware of that? Yeah, and, and the guys that, you know, that I've faced that are more wild than others, like you can see balls that are just spiked out of the hand or, or fastballs that aren't even close. That makes those pitches that are down the middle – even better to hit because you can just eliminate so many pitches. But if a guy has a better feel for the strike zone and making good pitches, then it's just it's a tougher at bat. And so if you're more around the zone, you're hitting your spots better, it doesn't necessarily mean that your pitches have to be that much better. Location is better than stuff sometimes. Charlie Culberson here in studio with us. Like we said, reinventing himself as a pitcher going down to spring training, what, next Friday? You're going to be headed down? So... In the offseason, you work with a pitching lab. What does that teach you more so than anything else? Yeah, I mean, I told myself, too, like, if I'm going to try and make this switch, and now I'm making a big switch, I'm switching positions, like going to be a pitcher, I can't just work out on my own. I can't just throw on my own. Like, I know that that would probably be okay. But at this point in my career, I've got to have extra help to guide me with mechanical stuff, with Thought, extra thought process on on grips and you know how to attack hitters and my body like body awareness on the mound um this is the time to kind of clean all that stuff up but then once you get on the mound it's all about competing and just giving it your best your best stuff same when, thing when did this pitching lab stuff start i'm trying to figure it out because they are <laughs> called pitching labs and they're real yeah. things now whether it's biomechanics they're trying to figure out pressure points they're trying to figure out how to keep guys healthier i don't even know when this began mm-hmm. And I guess you find out more about, it sounds strange to say, but you find out more about your own body, right? Because I guess you were quoted as saying everybody's body is yeah. obviously different, so your your mechanics are going to be different. Right, and there's only so many things that you can change. I feel like my body is set up a certain way. I'm not going to be able to move like Spencer Strider on the mound. Uh-huh. Like his foot opens up a lot better than my front foot opens up, and that's just part of it. Like. I'm not going to go have surgery or whatever to try to, like, correct my body and how it's formed, you know. So everyone's different. But we can all, you know, learn from some of the guys that move really well on how they, you know, with their leg kick and how they load and then how they free fall down the mound. But you, arm slot to me is always the one. That, mm-hmm. Like, if you start screwing with an arm slot, to me, you're yeah. just screaming to get hurt. 
Yeah, so everyone has a natural arm slot, and I feel like there's a natural way to adjust and clean that up. Like, I don't need to be throwing straight over the top or, or being submarine pitcher like and just start to do something off the wall crazy. It's here I am, let's clean up what I've got and go from there. Have you figured out, do you move righty-lefty? Have you moved on the mound, or have you figured out where you need to be on the mound? That's the other thing guys have to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I feel like naturally you want to move more towards the – third base side to kind of crowd a righty and then your cutter or your breaking stuff will come in better to a lefty um so i think it's just me adjusting and you know i've only thrown in i threw in three games at the end of the season as an actual pitcher i think that's just up to me to figure out like what's comfortable for me with angles on how i'm feeling that day so let's talk about life. Three kids now and you're going back down to spring training again the kids are getting a little bit older and there's a lot of juggling going on now, right, as opposed to when you first started your career. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sarah and I talk about this a lot. You know, when the kids were younger, it was spring training was a really fun time for us because they might not be in school yet, and we just all go out and break up that part of the off season. They get to go and, you know, lay by the pool and go to baseball games and, you know, go out and eat some good food, and just it just changes things up. And now that they're all in school and doing their own thing and getting older, it makes it a lot tougher for us. Tell everybody what age. What yeah, they're um, 11, 8, and almost 7, so 5th, 2nd, 1st grade. How many different activities are going on with three kids these days? Yeah, each kid really is doing two different things each. And so when you have dad home helping out for four straight months or the best that I could, that helps out mama too, right? And now that I'm leaving, it's more on her plate. And it's not we're not the only ones that are in that boat. Like everyone else has to go through what was the, certain things. I don't know if it's a kitchen table conversation. What was the conversation with your wife about about doing this? Sarah said, If I don't think if I didn't think that you could do this, I'd tell you to stay home. She was just honest with me. But she has hundred percent confidence in me and my ability and the headspace that I've had this off season. She goes, Since I believe in you that you can do this. I'm okay with you going. So She's always was, been behind me in my career. So she understands, I don't want to say this, but she understands enough about baseball. Yeah. As well as you, personality-wise, that yeah. this is realistic enough to go away for seven weeks, maybe go away for a few months on top of that, and she's okay with it. Yeah, I mean, last year was really hard for us with the juggling, getting a chance to, you know, fill in in, in Atlanta, but she's like, you were in Gwinnett for two-thirds of the season, but it still feels like you were away you know and it's just tough it is it's tough um i I don't i don't don't know if this is a fair question or not is this a want or a need for you is this a want thing or is this a need thing for you maybe a little both like i want this because i know that i can do it uh a need in what sense i don't want to retire uh, I don't want to be sitting on my couch in May. Like Charlie Morton oh, what I, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm going to miss the crack of the bat. I'm going to miss yeah. the roar of the crowd. That's stuff that you're going to be thinking about. Charlie Morton said it anyway when he's 70 years old. And he's got a family situation similar yeah. to yours. He likes his family. Yeah, he loves his, he loves his family. He right. loves his wife and kids and right. loves being there with them. But I think there's a need for some guys that I, and it's not because of, of ego. It's I don't want to leave meat on the bone. I don't want to ask myself 10 years from now, could I have done this? That to me is is the difference between want and need. Want, I want to keep playing baseball. Need is I don't want to have to think about this somewhere down the road as to whether I could have done it or not. Well, you know, I've had great support, and whether it's family or friends, you know, that we all have those people that you go to, and 
the honest for, guy. Yeah, yeah, for good advice. And, you know, I think last August and September was a thing that kind of did it for me. If I would have went out and, you know, I was 88 to 90, I wasn't spinning the ball good. I was just getting crushed in those few appearances. Wasn't throwing any strikes, walking everybody. Then I could have said, you know what? I gave it a shot. But I feel like I was able to do some really cool things analytically, too, because let's be honest, baseball is very analytical now. Like, I feel like I'm a I was a decent enough utility player that brought a lot to the table that helped in any way that I could. But I'm not hitting the ball 95 off the bat all the time. And I'm not the fastest guy out there. I guess I don't wow the the numbers guys enough to keep me around in that role. But spinning a baseball, like, I feel like I fare pretty well. And, again, I got swing and miss. And those were the things that allow me to say, I can do this. And so, yes, it's more of a need in a sense of, I don't want to say, what if, what if, right? Right. And so now I'm giving it a shot. And in my mind, I know I can do it. And that's the conversation, we talked about this on the air yesterday, Charlie, that you, Chris, had with Jeff Francoeur, right? No doubt. He was in a similar situation. Jeff was looking at a minor league contract possibly after he'd had a pretty good run with Philadelphia's mm-hmm. pinch hitter. And he, he, you know, he's pissed. Oh, why am I on a minor league deal? Why, you know, I don't know if I want, I said, you don't know if you want to. I said, again, I want you to think about this. I think he had two kids at the time. Mm-hmm. I said, it'll be May or June, and you're going to hold one kid, and your wife's going to be on the other side of the room, and you're going to be pissy. And then she's going to be pissy because you're not really being the father you're supposed to be because you're angry or you're just you didn't do what you thought you should have done or what you could have done. But just got ego said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I don't think that's a win for anybody. You know, make it make them rip the uniform off here. At least you're telling me what I hear. What I hear is if you were throwing 88 and walking, guys, you don't want to be a clown show. You don't want to be a exactly a sideshow. Right. Right. And you would have known that last yes. year if it did not go well. Exactly. OK. And again, I've had great support from Braves country, um, but I want to be viewed as like, here's a guy that's coming in. Obviously, I'm not getting any special treatment. I'm going to minor league camp. Yeah. Like I told backfields, backfields and like, hey, you'll you we're going to be backing up big league games. And I told my daughter, she's big into dance and like she's going through some things. And I'm, as a parent, you want to be a parent, but you want to be a friend, too. And you try to do some like similarities. I said, Colin, this is like me being sent back down to the newbie side of dance, even though you're in the top of your class and you're having to work your way back up. Why? That's just what they told you to do. Like I said, there's a chance that dad is going to put on Braves uniform and go in and pitch with no name on the back of my jersey. Something as simple as that. And a number Number that says 84, my first major league (laughs) spring training number, 84. Like that's a, that's a hit to me. But then it's like, Hey, you know, if, if, this is how it's supposed to go, then so be it. Like, sometimes we can't get all everything that we want all the time. And I think the other part with the, the Jeff thing is he ends up calling games and he's back in the organization. And I, I tend to believe, and I think Nick and I have talked about this, I think you're going to be in baseball even when you're done playing baseball. So this, I don't want to call it networking, but there's, yeah. there's something about doing this that you might learn for whatever it is the next thing might be. I agree. Um I'm not worried about what's after baseball because I know it all works out one way or the other. Yeah, we kind of, there's a question mark there because you want to do something that you enjoy and that you're good at and that it works with your family, right? It's the dynamic has to work. 
Um, so yeah, I'm not really worried about that. I just know that I can, I can do this. Um, I'm going to have to go to my early camp for the first time in like 14 years, but it is what it is, right? I don't really have much leverage. Yeah. Go down there, give it all I got, show them that I can be a, an effective major league pitcher. I can spin the ball because they want to see guys spin the ball. They want to see swing and miss. Like, let me get a crack at it. And they want to see guys who can quite honestly stay healthy. You're up, you're down. Can you do it again? Can you yeah. repeat it? You know, it, you got to be around a little bit. Yeah, being available. Being and around. again, I got, I got a, uh, not too many innings on his arm. Yeah, yeah I went, hey, I went through some farm fatigue and yeah. throwing a lot this off season. So I get it. I give pitchers a lot of credit because it's it's a lot of work. Throwing off that slope is is different, and being available to throw back to back days right. and throw a lot, it, it's work, and you have to put in that extra work. But I know how to put in work. Charlie Culberson uh, with us for a couple more minutes. So, w- best case scenario. How do you see yourself as a setup guy, as a closer? If it all works out, what do you see yourself doing as a pitcher? Best case scenario? Best case scenario. Closer, right? <laughs> I mean, why not? So you, you've you thought about, because most kids think about, oh, I hit the home run in the bottom of the night. Do you really have in your mind, gate opens, I got music, and I'm coming in to finish a baseball game? Like, why, have you envisioned that? Why not feel that way? Yeah. Why not put those thoughts, I mean... They might be kind of far stretched, but like, why not? Right? I've I've been the guy that's been hitting pinch hit home runs, walk off home runs in games. Like as a kid, you envision those moments, mm-hmm. and like I've been able to do some pretty cool things and be putting some pretty cool moments and to help a team out. It's like, do I want to just be the middle reliever in the big leagues? If that's what it is, sure. Like I can make it back as a major league pitcher, but why not want to have that? strive to be a closer you know though that those backfields you're going to be around 19 year olds yeah 20 year olds you're going to see arms touched by god there's probably going to be a moment where you're going to go look at this guy Mm -hmm. um have you thought about that a little bit because you're not going to be yoda at that point you're competing with guys yeah i want to compete yeah i I don't want to be that guy and i feel like i've never been that guy that that just goes in and and like it's just an old grumpy guy that's coming in and like, you know, like you know, I was I, here for I, the start of this run right, with the Braves. Like I've uh, I've seen that other side. I was a young guy and I've seen guys like just not have good attitudes. Like I want to be a positive light for all these people that I'm around, even if they're an 18 year old kid that's coming to spring training for the first time. Do you think there's going to be some 18 year old kid? Let's just say Idaho. He has no idea who the hell you are, and he's looking around going, "Who's the old guy?" Like, on the backfields. Like, there's a chance that's going to happen. Well, he doesn't right. look 90 in his defense. I'm going to trim up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, you are? That, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in looking like I'm 25 again. He, he'd say that about us. I don't think he'd say that yeah. about Charlie Culberson. Oh, he's 18-year-olds. They just, they don't, they have no filters. They're liable to just say stuff. Or like, yeah. I, or like Isaiah Drake at the end of the season last year goes, hey, man, just want to let you know, like, I love watching you play for the Braves. And, like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Right. And now he's a young prospect, and it's pretty cool to see him. And I just want to give – it's cool to have the respect from these young kids, but, again, we're like – we're on the same playing field. Yeah. We're competing. We're competing. It's like fun competition. Let's go and get after it. I'm not going to, like, make you look bad. Don't make me look bad. Let's do this together. And I feel like that's just positive vibes going through, and I just want to be there to compete. To win job, win a job too, but I'm going to help guys along the way. What if the 20 year olds are going out one night? 
is an off day tomorrow, you know you're not going to get on the bus. You're going to go out with the 20-year-olds? Like, do you think you'll be invited? Like, how does that work? The chaperone? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, how does that no, work? I can't, I can't do that. Right. Yeah, I've got, I've, got a, I've got a job to do. Like, i got kids at home. i got a wife at home. Like, my, my, my job here is a little bit different than yours. We're competing, but my life is a little bit different than yours. Yeah. Like, that's, that's sort of what happens in these camps. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I have one goal in mind when I get to spring training. Like, I'm not there to go out and have fun and make sure my golf game is great. <laughs> like, I've got to make sure my arm's good, and my body feels good, and I'm striking guys out on the field. Let's just be honest. That's just how it is. I don't. I'm not. This is it. This is fun for me. But like, now is the time to like get after it. Like, I don't have all this extra time just to fool around. Like, I'm gonna go down there to spring training, and I've got to be ready. As the great Apollo Creed once said, there is no tomorrow. And that's the attitude you have to take, right? Exactly. I mean, I have to. And if not, I'm wasting my my family's time, too, with me being out. All right, listen, we appreciate you coming in. I know you're headed down there next week. We're going to be down there the week of the 19th, so I'm sure our paths will cross down there. And uh, thanks for all the stuff you do outside the Braves organization as well. I know it's uh, where my son used to play, East Marietta. You had a camp there last week. You're doing stuff with the academy, having kids uh, play for you, raising money for charity. So kudos to you for doing all that stuff as well. Yeah, appreciate it. Come see me on the backfield. Will do. <laughs> we'll make our way back there. I know that guy. <laughs> Not you from Idaho, the 19-year-old. That's Charlie Culberson. Charlie Culberson here in studio with us on The Fan. When we come back, what some are calling a mysterious injury for the Hawks last night. We'll cover that with the trade deadline coming up today at 3 o'clock. It's Domino and Cellini. It's the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon Background Screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com. Two bitch. Hit out to left field. Riley coming over. He is going, I'm sorry, Culberson does. Makes the catch. Throws to the plate. Here's Alfaro. He slides in and he's out at the plate. What a play by Charlie Culberson. It's a double play. Charlie made the catch on the run, darted in, gloved it, slung it to the plate, and it was a strike out of left field. Holy s***. That was so excited at Charlie Culberson. He worked blue that day. Domino Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. I want to thank Charlie Culberson for coming in. We were just talking. Studio. He is bringing down a really big log to spring training so he can actually throw it on his bag. I made him stick around to hear that, by the way. Get the work in. I took his keys. He's he not getting them. away. He, he doesn't look old. No. So he's got that going for him. Not at all. Again. The handsome quotient on the backfields did absolutely just go on. Looks a little bit different than us. We look old, not Charlie Culberson. For over two decades, you've helped us uh, make a dramatic difference in the lives of those affected by blood cancer since... 
2001, in fact, the fan has proudly aired the strikeout leukemia and lymphoma radiothon, and it will happen again on Friday, February the 16th, the 23rd annual strikeout leukemia and lymphoma radiothon at Beaver Toyota and coming. For more information on how to make your donation and for incentive items available for donations day of, go to 680thefan.com right now. As Derek Thomas said during his update, you'll hear from A.J. Smith-Shaw for the conversation he had with Domino around 1 o'clock. Hawks beat the Celtics, or Celtics beat the Hawks, I should say, wishful thinking, last night, 125 to 117. The trade deadline is today at 3 o'clock. DeJounte Murray was out with a back injury, a back issue last night. Now, is that a precursor of a deal to be made today? According to a lot of people, sources around the league, the Hawks are not going to get back in return the draft picks, the first-round draft picks that they want for DeJounte Murray. So nothing may be done. This could be one of those John Collins situations. He's going to be He's traded. Here? He's going to be traded. He's still here. Uh, did, you, did you see the box score this morning? Did you see what it said next to his name? CTAC. Can't take a chance. DMP, CTAC. And when you do see a guy out right before the trade deadline, you know, they got to come up. What, what did they say? Body part? Uh, I'm back. back. Yeah. 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 It's just the easiest thing to do. Domino has said it for years. The, the thing you can't prove is a back injury. Turn off the GPS and let Domino take the wheel. It's a drive around the sports world presented by Marietta Toyota. At Marietta Toyota, every new Toyota includes our nationwide lifetime powertrain warranty. Family owned and operated since 1975. Stop in for a test drive or visit MarietaToyota.com. It's better in Marietta. Pop quiz, how many fathers and sons do you think have won Super Bowl rings as players? Wow, that's a really good question. How many fathers and sons have won Super Bowl Um, rings as players? I I don't know. I'll throw it out there. Three. Um, Seven. There'd be seven, and I'm not necessarily going to go into the details, but there are seven. A couple of the names you certainly would know, and a couple of you would go, hmm, I had no idea. Did you know that uh, Ronnie Lott had a son? He had a different last name. Ronnie Lott's son actually won a Super Bowl no, ring as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are seven fathers and sons because we talk about McCaffrey, and we talk about McCaffrey, so that becomes a storyline again hmm. today, It's a good tomorrow. question. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, I appreciate you saying that. No problem. Yeah. Um, do you want the conspiracy theory when it comes to Nick Saban? Nick Saban's college game day hire solidified FSU fans' opinion that committee looked out for Bama. Oh. Well. They're taking care of one of their own? Yeah. Or who, whom they knew they was knew going was to coming. be one of their own? Yeah. 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 Do you know who else actually said it? James Cook. He's a conspiracy theorist. He says the ulterior motive for duplicitous college football committee's Alabama decision. Makes you wonder. Yeah, makes you wonder a little. Now, hey, I will say that there is a Georgia message board in early in December. There was a guy who, who breaks a lot of news on that message board that said... Saban is going to retire after the playoffs, and he has already signed a deal with ESPN. So, therefore, what would ESPN and the College Football Committee? By the way, we asked, how much power do you have? Scratch your back. Do they have enough power to get a hold of? I don't know. What's what's jury tampering? How many in a jury of, you know, 13? Because that's the the size jury in that stupid hotel in Texas. Florida State feels like it should be. How many do you have to own? Yeah, I I don't know, but they feel like it should be you scratch your own back, I'll scratch my own back. It's not that way in the world, Florida State. Well... It's interesting, though, when a player actually says, yeah, come on, everybody can see this one coming. So I like a good conspiracy theory. Yeah, Nick well, Saban is now on the college there. game day table, no doubt about it. Uh, do you know where Ozzie Albies finished in the MLB Network's top 100 players? Now remember, he was not a top 10 right. second baseman. 60-something, right? So, you're supposed to say, well, if he's not a top 10 second baseman, he couldn't have been in the yeah, top I, 100 players. This must be a trick question. No, no, I read the story. He was 66th. <laughs> do you want to know the most interesting part? Tell Marte, second baseman. 
fifth best second baseman in baseball. <clears throat> Whatever. He, he was 65th on no, the list. It chokes you up, I know. He was one spot in front of Ozzy. Just one list, Chris. There's it's no the same consistency. Net, the same network. Yeah, there's no consistency. It's the same network. It's I MLB know. Network's list of top 100 players. There are two. Uh, there are 776 active players on a given day in baseball. They said he's the 66th best. I even think they slided him a little bit on that. But there's no way you can't be a top 10 guy if you're 66th in baseball. Uh, you know what my joke of who's not in the NFL Hall of Fame? I'll say it again, I think, for the fourth year in a row. How is Patrick Willis not in the Hall of Fame? Is it because he never won a Super Bowl? I don't care. He had a shorter career as well. Patrick Willis was, he's like the Roger Craig of defenders. You go, that guy did everything. I'm just trying to answer your question. That's all right. All, well, so maybe you Thomas. should have said it was a yeah, trick question. You just yeah, made noises on him. Maybe you should have yeah. just said that. Spit all over us. Uh, did you also see, speaking of that, that there were names already being re- released before tonight? Devin Hester, Julius Pepper, Steve McMichael. There's already reports that those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Don't do that. Let these guys enjoy the moment. It's not fair to the uh, the tradition yeah, what of how you find out you're going to the not, Hall of not, Fame. That Saturday, somebody knocks on yeah. your door. Yeah. So they're already releasing lists of who the heck is doing it. Hey, do you understand? Just we'll finish with this. This um, what's going on? In, I'm going to call it cable. I don't think they want me to call it cable with Disney and all this other stuff. Like they said, hey, by the way, we're going to give you all these sports. Isn't that cable TV? Wow. I mean, they're, I guess they're trying to yeah. tell me it's something the, new, but I'm like, no, no, direct no. to consumer pitch that they're making right now it's cable tv it sounds that way yeah okay i just wanted to know because some people got away from cable tv well to fix that you're going to give them cable tv i don't understand it i've read 19 different articles about this yeah but we're going to be our own cable tv i don't know if that's a thing that cable tv i don't know if that's really a thing well just don't know Again, that's the pitch they're making speaking of cable tv and espn why kirk herbstreet should probably stay out of athens for a while he's another one ken herbeck (laughs) kirk herbstreet stay the hell out of my state he's a part of that list now we'll expand a little bit of the college talk as we go on campus next it's domino and cellini on the fan 680 and 93.7 fm this morning in north carolina wheels are spinning determination is winning a passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.